welcome to another riveting episode of the you know show we are two geeks who talk about everything my name is aaron and i'm joined by my cousin and co-host landon what's up man what's up good day thundercats oh i'm wearing a thundercats shirt you have that exact same shirt it's uh in a pile of uh clean clothes that i just folded over the weekend there you go. I don't know that you'd constitute that as a pile because once they're folded, they're in a stack. That's so, true. That's true. It's in a stack of clean clothes. There you go. That I folded over the weekend. Now, am there I going to put them in drawers where they belong? Absolutely not. If I was a bachelor, there is no way that I would ever do any of that stuff. I actually, if there's one thing, I'm a pretty neat person, but if if there's one thing that I really am not good at that my wife loathes, it's how my I, there's this mounting pile of clothes beside my bed that i just i disrobe and then I, I i put clothes and i just keep disrobing there i'm just waiting for like like i should have had like these uh, these servant people you know like and if i was an egyptian king you know what i mean you, you need a valet i yeah i need a valet that's what i need a valet you know yeah uh uh, so I at least have a, a laundry basket or a hamper, if you will. It's 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 tall. It's, it's about the size of a tall, you know, kitchen trash can. Uh, but he, here's here's where I I think I'd go above and beyond as a bachelor. Um, I have a tendency to take the clothes out of the dryer and fold them. Whereas I feel like when I'm feeling lazy, I'll just leave them in the dryer. And when I need something, I'll turn it on for 15 minutes and then pull it out. It's nice and toasty. That's a good way to go, especially in the winter, man. That's the way to do it. You get a you get a nice shirt on. It's it's oh, it's nice and warm. It's like a hug. Now listen, my, you you know I'm happily married. I mean I am. I love my wife twenty years, and I don't want to go away from that. I love my kids and family, but there are moments where the bachelor life is appealing, you know. And I get to travel for work some, but the idea of being in your own place <laughs> and even in your own filth, you know. Seems master appealing. of my domain. <laughs> master of my domain. Right. Of the castle. <laughs> the king of the north. <laughs> the king of the north. All um, right. Uh, so today, folks, uh, almost when I, you know, when I when I do our, our introduction, I tried to do some kind of different adjective to de describe our episode. And I almost said mythical episode. Uh, but I didn't want Rhett and Link to uh, to come down on us and be like, it's too close to Good Mythical Morning. And so, like, uh, let's not say mythical. Uh, but we are getting back into the latter half of the first season of Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Um, at the end of episode four, which is where we left off, uh, it kind of left us with a cliffhanger. And uh, Percy was at the bottom of the Mississippi River. And then episode five picks up right where we left off. Um, before we get into that, we should probably say, hey, uh, spoilers, if you have not seen the rest of the first season of Percy Jackson, um, we're going to be talking all about it. And so it's it's the end of the first book in the series, The Lightning Thief. Uh, and it's really well done. So uh, like I said, episode five picks up where we left off. We learned that Percy can breathe underwater. Of course, he can breathe underwater. His dad is the god of the sea, right? I mean, course would you expect that he can you know breathe underwater that's that's one of those that he should he should be living in atlantis or, or something uh what did you think about that episode you know picking up 
we we didn't see the the uh chimera anymore and we didn't see echidna anymore they just kind of got left behind at the top of the the arch and then percy's okay like no no worries yeah yeah no i mean first of all the show's been pretty action-packed i mean there's not like a whole lot of downtime you know there's each episode I was getting to the point and getting to the the slatter half where I was like, oh, I guess the first book's gonna like go on through multiple seasons because I don't see how they're gonna finish out the rest of the book like in these next four. But I was wrong because that they 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 really did get it all in there. The surprising thing is is although even as I approached the last uh, couple of episodes, I was I was like, there's a lot to cover. And yet, you know how in some shows you watch how you feel like they rush it, like to fit it all in? I didn't feel like this that in this show. I felt like the timing and the pace was good. And um and, and I, I liked it a lot. So um yeah, I mean the 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 very next episode was um pretty cool. Um with uh with him and and uh what's her name? Annabeth, is that what her name Annabeth, is? Annabeth, yeah. That was a really cool episode. You keep having these characters graduate and their perspective about what it means to be friends, what it means to be like on a quest and and how they deviate from what is maybe the way the stories would depict a quest because they're doing what the right thing to do is. Um, right. So anyway. Uh, yeah. So this, this episode is called uh, a God buys us cheeseburgers. Uh, that's my kind of episode. Um, so we see Percy, Annabeth, and Grover. Uh, they encounter Ares, the mm. god of war, mm. uh, and they face a challenge arranged by Hephaestus, which is meant for Ares, but what? Ares sends Percy and Annabeth to deal with it on, you know, it's on them now because Ares, you know, he doesn't want to have to deal with Hephaestus because the whole thing is, uh, that's that's part of that whole Greek mythology thing. Hephaestus is married to Aphrodite. And Ares right. is having an affair with Aphrodite, right. so it's it's like it's just murky. dirty family stuff. And he's um, obviously a very—I mean—he is a victim of of a horrible circumstance, and um, and he is, but he's a very smart man. He's a very smart god, you know. And he Hephaestus, yeah, her. yeah. So you know, he lays out this trap that's a pretty effective trap, mm -hmm. you know. But um, Ares, having seen it coming you know, employs the young ones, you know? That's right. The bobbins. Yeah. Uh, and I really liked um, it Timothy Amundsen playing Hephaestus. Uh, I've seen him on uh, Psych previously. I don't know yeah. if you ever watched that series. Great yeah, show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I loved him as Lassie on there. He was he was so great. Um, but he's, he, you know, has just one scene in this episode. Um, does a great job with Hephaestus. Uh, and then they continue their journey. Um, and Percy is kind of insolent towards Ares. Uh, he's 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 not really giving the God of War the respect he thinks he deserves. Um, we also got that's... a little bit more of Grover, you know, because of of and his dialogue with Ares, and really, you know, he's not just a sidekick. He's he's really right. not. He's more than that. And. Yeah. Uh, I think that was really cool because um, that's kind of an upgrade on his character. I did think it was interesting how Hephaestus and um, and Annabeth, it, it's it's about letting go, right? It's right. it's about 
you know, um, moving on even, you know, really. And that's what helps convince, um, you know, for Percy to be released. Yeah. Um, I really think the, the interactions, especially between the three main characters here, uh, it's a highlight of the show and the chemistry, I think that these kids have together, the, the actors, I think it, it's, it's only been getting better with each episode. Yeah. Um, so we move on from here. Uh, episode six is we take a zebra to Vegas, which <laughs> is sort of what they do. I mean, they're, they're on a truck with a bunch of, you know, exotic animals. Um, but that does deliver them to Las Vegas uh, these these titles just get quirkier and quirkier, but again, that's that's how they are in the in the book series. Right, right. right. Um, so they get to Las Vegas, uh, and they arrive at the Lotus Casino. They have uh, Percy's having these mysterious dreams. There's a lot happening in this episode. Um, what stood out to you the most here? Um, I think when when watching it, you're you're trying to understand how people are getting lost in in uh in the gambling uh, the the original premise is that uh i think it's food isn't it or or something like that that would draw a person to be uh intoxicated or lose themselves yeah. but it's more it's more than that here you know i mean it's the very air they're breathing isn't it is that right you know and yeah, so it's, it's almost like it's being pumped through the the vents the whatever this magic is that right. causes people to lose their memories it's not just the food now this episode had a special, uh, you know, uh, significance because of the actor uh, that plays the god. But um, I think that there is, um, and you can tell about that. I can't remember his name, <laughs> but you know, he's from Hamilton, and uh, and uh, oh man, Mary Poppins Returns. <laughs> What's his name? Lin Manuel Miranda. No, say it again because you broke up. Lin Manuel Miranda. Right. My kids would like flick my ear for not knowing that. Um, but anyway, so he was great. But I think other than that, like there's this this uh, chapter in the book was one of my favorite chapters because maybe it's the the lure of, of Vegas or the the parallels of of being you know intoxicated and losing yourself you know in that and that kind of um, mindset. The the part though that I think is interesting to me is uh, Grover's plight about uh, Pan, right? You know. Yeah. So that that offshoot, I had I had actually forgotten about, and so when it when the show came up and it was talking about that, I was like, oh right, 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 right. There was a whole other. So we had the previous episode with him with Aries, where you learn more about him, and then this kind of takes it even a step further, where Grover kind of has his own quest that he's going on. So that was very interesting. Yeah, that's that's something we learned about Grover. Um... And they, it's it's one of those things that's not mentioned very much in the first book because we're right. so focused on, um, you know, Grover as a character is is sort of a, a guardian for, um, for Percy and for Annabeth, and uh, what we learn is is really for for all satyrs, uh, it's you know their their goal in life basically is to uh, get their searcher's license or whatever. Um, and then from there, they are able to go on the hunt for Pan, who is um, has been missing for what millennia. Um, right. And uh, you know, this, this is the Seder God of nature. Um, 
and uh, and he's he's been missing, and and so you know we we did get a glimpse of uh, now we've had a couple of older satyrs who had their searchers licenses um, at uh, at Medusa's place. Right. Um, it was Grover's uncle who was right. uh, had been turned to stone, and right. then we we saw another satyr here at the um, Lotus Casino. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, and but he's lost. The the satyr at the casino. Yeah, uh, I cannot remember his name, but uh, I don't think he was in the book. Yeah, yeah, I didn't recall. I again, like I had forgotten all about that pursuit, but um, but it was a bit of a distraction along the way. What did you think about um? Oh, what's the god's name? Um, in Hermes. The, yeah, what did you think about his um persona and who he was? Because this was a deviation for me from who he is in the camp. Like he's not at the camp, but you know, he's, he's the travelers one. Right. I mean, right. so, so the, the idea at the camp when we first are introduced, it's like Percy doesn't have a home, you know, nobody knows who his dad is. And so he gets to stay at Hermes uh, little cabin there because he accepts all people. So you have this kind of view of Hermes. That's like an open, you know, kind, you know, good, but we constantly run into these gods and they just really are not good. You know, they're really, there's stuff about them. And this is, this is a character that you come to. It's, it's a, it's a love hate with him because I I actually liked his character a lot, but he can be, he's a little bit of a jerk, you know? Well, and that's, that's the thing because part of our, and really in Percy's, uh, well, Percy and Annabeth, both part of their perception of Hermes comes from luke's perception of hermes you know he is he is luke's dad um and and luke has this image in his mind that hermes is a horrible i was gonna say human being but he's 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 a horrible entity um who neglected not only him but his mother as well and so um we don't we at this point we don't know much about Luke's mom. Uh we do find out more about her in um I believe the the last book of the series. Um but uh it's you know it, it really does taint their view of him. And so I think because of that it taints our view of of who Hermes is. And and when it comes down to it, Hermes he helps them out, but not really. He right. keeps them busy in the Lotus Casino long enough to where they miss their deadline. Right. Uh, even though he gives them his taxi so that once they get out on the street, they can be anywhere. And then, you know, they arrive in Santa Monica and right. then that's that's the end of it. Um, but uh, again, at the same time, he kept them in the casino knowing that time passed by more quickly. Right. Right. Uh, for them in there than it did or or passed by more quickly outside than in, inside the casino and then once they left it's it's past the solstice so no matter right. what they do now they've missed zeus's deadline right i guess i looked at hermes as initially like luke's description and all that it's i looked at hermes hermes as neglectful you know what i mean right. but not and all of the gods i see is neglectful i mean percy's dad is is not been around him, you know, so your initial understanding or or even Athena, you know, just all of this perception of how the gods are, it's just distance gone and all that. 
So when you meet Hermes here, and he's a bit more nefarious, you know, and cynical, and you know, it's just like, oh, you really are a jerk. Now, it's it's uh, that that to me, um, you know, kind of takes us down the path because the whole book has been about getting it as by the deadline, and and so if you're reading the book for the first time, when when you realize they passed the deadline, now your whole thing is flipped because now. I mean, it's almost like a climactic moment. What's going to happen now? Because pretty much you don't have it by the deadline. Zeus is just going to start fighting, right? right? And then that's it. So yeah. war war breaks out between Zeus and Poseidon, and that's like the end of it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but but Percy being the character of integrity that he is, he's he's bound and determined to finish his quest. Right. I don't think he Regardless. cares so much about the uh, the master bolt at this point, right? As much as he does getting to the underworld and saving his mom, right? Because because he knows that that uh, Hades has his mom, and is holding her hostage, right? Uh, and so that is it, it's it's funny. Um, we get to the next episode, um, where which is titled "We Find Out the Truth," sort of, uh. And you know, we when we find out the truth, it is it's murky at best. Right. Uh, we get we get some backstory on Percy, uh, and we get a lot of action uh, as they make their way through the underworld. Um, unfortunately, Annabeth is kind of taken out of the um, this chapter, if you will, uh, right. pretty early on. Once they once they get into the underworld and get past Cerberus, the three headed dog. Right. Um, um are are you sure it wasn't fluffy? Yeah, yeah. It was it was very much modeled after fluffy, I think. Uh yeah, you three-headed Rottweiler. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. but it now wasn't the, music that calmed him down, it was playing ball. Yeah, playing ball. That was a toy. <laughs> now, Annabeth, she is rooted on the spot because of her own regrets, right? Uh -huh. And so she's kind of stuck in that. Not that they all don't have them. But they all run and basically get away. She uses her little sphere thing, and uh, and is able to teleport out. And then right. Grover and uh, and Percy go on. Now, interestingly enough, when I'm reading the book, and of course I knew the book, but you know, but when the shoes start dragging towards the pit, I really, I I I mean, I don't know about you, but when I first was reading, I I'm like. That's Hades, you know. I I didn't for the life of me. I did I did not I did not pick up that it could be anybody else, you know. And then you meet Hades and you realize it's not that. So at that point, I'm kind of like, and I didn't I didn't know much about um, Kronos, you know. I of course I've grown up hearing all about Zeus and and all of those, but I didn't know much about Kronos. This book sets up that stage for that. In a really cool way, especially with the with the little dream sequences. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Did you? So, yeah. But but at what point did you recognize that it was? I, I don't want to spoil for the next episode as we're building up to this. But how much? At what point did you recognize that there was a um, that that the betrayal was Luke? Oh well, I mean, I remembered it from the book, so I wasn't shocked. Um... No, now, no, but I mean in the book, like when and like it wasn't with the shoes, right? No, 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 no. Um, 
See, I, I, when I the didn't shoes at all picked that up. No, yeah, when when the shoes went wonky and started carrying Grover off to Tartarus in the book, uh, you know, I just chalked it up to to some kind of I don't know mistake in the yeah. magic. Um, like I, I figured something was wrong, uh, but I but I didn't suspect Luke. Um, no, were I not not like, even the least bit. Even though. You know, there's that part of the prophecy that says uh, a friend will betray you. Right. Uh, you know, I I was I was not thinking that that would be Luke because he's back at yeah. camp. See, he's I already part of this. Already gone through it. So when the betrayal part had moved on from me, because I just figured it was the kids, like you know, it was as they were learning to each other and they had to. You know, they went against their inclinations. I just thought it was resolved. I thought it was between them, right? Yeah. So I didn't think it was still an open prophecy that there was going to be any other betrayal. I thought it's just, you know, once we learn about Kronos, it's like, okay, it's just that's the bad guy. No idea yeah. about that happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, it's so crazy that, you know, the whole reason, I mean, we find out that Luke gave Percy those shoes was – so Percy would be the one wearing them. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, you know, knowing that Ares was going to secretly hand off the master bolt. Right. right. And, you know, then they would have it and those shoes would carry him down to the depths of Tartarus where Kronos would be waiting for the master bolt. Right. 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 Um, that, yeah, it was, it was nuts. And, and I'll talk about Hades. Like, I don't, I don't recognize the actor who played him. But uh, I, I thought he did great. He seemed not only genuinely surprised by Percy's revelation that Kronos has been haunting his dreams, but he was genuinely frightened by the whole thing, too. Well, he which, totally flips his, his situation. Yeah. You know, yeah. It completely, it, it, it completely changed everything. For, for right. like Hades was like, I, I wanted you to come down here so you could return my helm. Like, I don't have your helm. Like, what? what like, I did, he thought this was about the light the master bolt. Was, I don't. I don't want the bolt. I right. want what was taken from me. Right. And, uh, and the whole the whole story. I think one of the things I like about what um, what the writer does with this is that most of us, maybe it's from watching Hercules, maybe it's from I don't know, but you think of Hades and you're just like that's the bad guy. You know, that's that's the one who's trying to. You know, that's that's totally it. But. Yeah, you you totally get flipped here when you realize that Hades no Hades has not been the one doing this. Yeah, yeah, and so. it's it's easy to think that way too with with to think of Hades as the bad guy. I mean, he's he's the god of the underworld. So right. if war breaks out in in not only among the gods, but you know, if war broke out among the gods, it would obviously break out among Western civilization as we know it. That means a lot of loss of life. And what does that do for his kingdom in the underworld? It expands it, right? I mean, you've got all these dead people yeah. coming in. Right. I've got more subjects. That makes me more powerful. Right. So, of course, it's easy to think of him as the one who who wants to, you know, take them down. But, uh, you know, that is obviously not his his intention with any of this. No. Um. No. Uh, let's see. So, episode eight. Eight is uh, the finale, and the title of this one is The Prophecy Comes True, uh, which sounds super ominous. 
Um, but this one wraps up the season with some pretty intense moments. What are your overall impressions of the finale? Well, I, I can't um I can't say anything without first mentioning Lance Riddick, you know, and oh my um, gosh. he's great in everything he does, and it's so sad that is that he passed. Um, but um you one of the things that I really like about his character is he has a, a piercing gaze, you know, just right through your soul. So his anger and, and the way that Percy was with him, you know, is just so defiant. Uh, and I appreciate it because obviously his dad calls it out on him, just like this defiant personality. But it goes against all powerful reason. Like Percy could get decimated with a snap, a Thanos snap. You know what I mean? And yet yeah. he just will keep on with him no matter what. I, I, yeah. I love the scene. Um, I like the scene with the dad um a lot i like that actor as well my my um actor from oh gosh lots of shows um he was a uh, lost in space remember him from Long poseidon yeah yeah his yeah poseidon he was in lost in space he played the dad um yeah it's so it really is it's sad that we're not going to be able to see lance reddick continuing the role of zeus i'm going to come back to that um so we've already found out that it's been picked up for a second season. So uh, that's likely another eight episodes that will adapt the Sea of Monsters. That's the second book. Now you haven't read the no the second I only book, read, right? I, only read the first one. I have them. So now <laughs> now I feel compelled. Like I've got to read. I've got to yeah. read the second book now. Um, At least read that one before the next one comes out. Yeah. I got to ask you a question though. The fight between Ares. And Percy, like uh -huh. in the book and even in the show, like I, again, I tolerate, but I'm just like, come on, right? You know, come on, you know, yeah, it's Ares, <laughs> god of war. You're gonna tell me that you know, Snot Nose Brat was able to get a cut in. You're gonna tell me that. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, it's just there. I think, I think it's, um. I, I like the writing a lot, but if there's anything that was lazy plot point writing, it was this. This part, I'm just like, there's no, come on. There had to have been some other way that you could do yeah. this. It's it's kind of the same uh, argument you get with um, The Force Awakens, where Rey is fighting uh, Kylo Ren with, you know, she's never picked up a lightsaber before in her life, and she beats him in a duel. Right, right. Uh it's like you know, and seriously? they tried to fix it. They tried to fix it by doing a flashback to him like sparring with Luke. And it's just like, and you could feel like somebody's in the writing room going, y'all. And they're like, well, let's just throw in a little training session where it shows that he has some natural talent. I'm like, even so, you've got like the god of war. You know, it's just I, okay, that's all I'll say on it. It's just yeah, like but that's the that's the thing, even though there's a flashback of him training with Luke. He was at camp for what three days before right. he got sent on this quest. I mean, how much training did he actually get? The man, <laughs> the kid, didn't have a sword until he was at that museum a week before, and it's like, what? What is what, no? Uh, I would have yeah, rather so it's, it's watched him play. I would have rather a flashback to him being younger and playing a video game of fighting than I would have right. cared about that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm playing the the 
the video game version of uh yeah. Dungeons Some and Dragons. Soul Caliber. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh it is it's a it's a little hard to swallow. This uh twelve year old kid um beating the god of war in a one on one sword fight. But uh hey, what's meant to be is meant to be. Uh okay. all right. <laughs> uh so yeah, so that that happens um obviously you know he gets his hands on um hades's helm um and returns it to uh the the fury lady uh mrs dodds uh as we know her in her human form um again played by um megan mullally great job way great. way off character for her she was so serious very um <laughs> like beyond serious uh, but but she's able to return the helm to Hades, and um, one thing that differentiates from the show that didn't happen in the book when they when they use the pearls to like teleport out of Hades, um, they go straight to Long Island, and so they're already on the other side of the country, which sort of makes sense but in the book there's this uh sense of foreboding because the only way to get back to the east coast quickly is to take a plane which they do and or at least per i, I can't remember if all three of them are on the plane or if it's just percy i think it's mm. just percy and and it's like this is a bad idea because zeus is the lord of the sky and so this plane is experiencing turbulence the entire way back to New York. And uh, it's like he's tempting fate here. But in the show, he just goes straight to straight to Montauk Beach. And, Which and it's is, just, that's just all it is. I mean, that's better, right? I mean, it's just a little unnecessary. The performance of what happens in Olympus is enough to be able to understand you know that, uh, and maybe it's just because of the the performance of Lance Reddick. But um, yeah, I think you get it. You get the picture. You know what yeah. I mean. And Olympus was gorgeous. They did a fantastic job. I thought uh, so too. Depicting the you know all that ancient Greek architecture, you know, building up to uh, what is the top of Olympus and the throne room. Um, yeah, we've so we mentioned Lance Reddick uh, as Zeus. Unfortunately, we won't be able to see him portraying zeus anymore i mean he did a fantastic job commanding that scene that we got with him it was just the one scene it's hard to believe that that's all we got but uh let me just tell you what so you need is, you're gonna have to have morgan freeman i mean uh, to me <laughs> i mean that's that's there's only one place you can go now it's morgan freeman well that was gonna be my next question what you know what do you not only what do you think of his portrayal, which you've already talked about, but uh, who would you cast for Zeus in future seasons? And who else do we have? I mean, that can command that kind of presence. You know, of course, Morgan Freeman, the problem with Morgan Freeman is that even when he was a bad guy in Black Rain, he's still like a good, like he's the one you like. You know what I mean? He looks to mean and you're just like, man, you're just a great guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and he does have uh you know experience playing god so that, that's true bruce almighty um uh, <laughs> so uh i guess the one thing I, i'd call out for that scene too is the when percy and his dad um talk and they have that moment 
and Percy asks him, do you, do you dream about her? Do, did God's dream? Cause he heard Aries say they don't dream. Right. Yeah. He says, do you, and the one question is, it's not, you know, why did you leave us? Why, or why weren't you there? Or why haven't you spoken to me? Mm-hmm. It's, it's him knowing how much his mom deeply loved his dad and wondering if he, he he's no longer wondering why, why Poseidon was not in his life. I think he gets it. I think yeah. he gets the circumstance, the situation, but do you still love my mom is really what he's asking, you know? And, yeah. and uh, I thought that was a very special, a very special scene. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, it seems like the, uh, the reception to the series has been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, both critics and audiences are praising its faithfulness to the source material um, and its engaging storytelling. I think they did a great job uh, adapting this first book. Uh, what do you think sets Percy Jackson and the Olympians apart from other fantasy series that may not have performed as well on other streaming services? I would say the same thing that that drew a lot of us to connect with Harry Potter from the beginning. And that's, that's the friendships. I, I think that when you see those three characters hug a, at the end, it is very reminiscent of the ending of, um, of Sorcerer's Stone yeah. when the three characters hug, um, you know, God's Olympus story fighting, you know, all that stuff, quirky, you know, a, a different take. I don't, I don't know that the overarching, you know, value of the show would be in in the subject matter as much as it was the character development and the relationship building. Yeah. I think that stands out across multiple people of different age, you know, age and persuasions. Um, that's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think in I mean, really, in, in any kind of uh, story that that's being told, whether it's a movie, a TV series or a book uh you know if you if you don't have good character development if you're not if you're not making me care about these characters story doesn't matter right um so yeah it's you know i i love the story here i love the story that is to come in you know the the rest of the series of books um but uh but again yeah the story wouldn't matter if i didn't care about percy and annabeth and grover and the other characters we come along to meet in in you know future installments. Well, let me ask you a question on that regard because you know, like like we said, I've read the first book, and now I've watched this show, and I still have plenty of books to read that continue to have an allure. Would you say that I that I mean, do I have a lot to look forward to when it comes to further character development relationships? Um, oh, yeah. You know, is there is there more for me? I guess I'd say. Yeah, we so there's there's a, n- a new character that's going to be introduced in uh, the second book that becomes very important to the series. Um, there are three, well, in the third in the third book or what would I guess be the third season of this series, there will be two new characters that are introduced and a third character who is really reintroduced um who you know all three of them become very important uh it's it's really it's it's exciting and it's heartbreaking um yeah you know i really looking back um uh, you know i can i can say that uh it, when i look at the the harry potter series you know those books 
the audience ages with those books, right? So, and those books age with the audience. You start out, you've got those first three books that are definitely aimed at kids, right? But then you move on and they get darker and more serious. And it's like, no, these aren't kids books anymore. These are just really good novels. Right. Um, And as good as the Percy Jackson books are, the, this series of five books, these are kids books. They really, you know, there's, I'm I'm not going to mince words about that. And that's not to say I don't enjoy them. Um, You know, I'm a big fan of young adult novels. Um, but uh you know these these books are aimed at the ages of the kids who are in these books right um so you know it it makes sense um the way that the story is told uh and again that's that's not to harp on rick riordan or his style of writing because i think when you move on to the second series that that is a sequel to percy jackson and the olympians you know you've got new characters uh, that come along and it takes place in the same world, but the characters are all older. And so the storytelling is more mature. The books are longer. And, and so there's, there's a more mature pace to those books. Um, But yeah, I would, I would say you definitely have a lot to look forward to, especially as it ramps up and you, you get to the end of the series of books um, because the payoff is is fantastic. There are things that I want to talk about that you know are set up in this book that I can't say because they don't pay off until the fifth book. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, there's, I mean, there's just there's just too much that happens, uh, especially like in in the very end of it that that it's like, like we've we've mentioned certain things talking about these episodes. And it crossed my mind, like, oh, I can't say anything about that because that's not revealed until the very end, um, like the end of book five. So it's it's like, well, we'll get there eventually. Um, yeah, but will. yeah, uh, where where do you see things going? Like, if you know, using your imagination, what what do you think is coming? You know, we know that the next one is the sea, the Sea of Monsters, um, but knowing what we know at the end of this season what what kind of things can you expect that have been set up for the future well i feel like chronos is gonna you know come out and escape and you know come back to his true voldemort form you know or whatever (laughs) you know i mean it's it's similar right um i um i i do wonder because like when you bring out all of the gods um like you have and you you almost condescend like you you brought them down to this level where they faced off and bantered words or even blades with percy mm-hmm. it's hard for me to envision well, where do you go from here you know what i mean and I, of course the olympians or or going into like the jupiter and all that stuff i could see that whole being a whole nother thing but i do wonder i'm like well now what you know we're gonna train is there going to be a monster? I got to see a monsters. You know what I mean? Is is the world going to come to an end? And is there some arching Kronos person behind it? You know, I mean, so I'm not trying to like be cynical. It's just, yeah. I am sitting here wondering like, well, now what, you know? You know, I think as long as Percy gets another couple of days of sword training, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> That's really all it takes. I mean, honestly. Yeah. 
I'm I'm thinking about taking up sword play myself. Maybe archery. I'm sure I'll be an expert in a week. Well, you and I, you and I playing, pretending to be Link and you know, and and Nintendo Power back when we were kids. You know, I think that was all the training we need, really. What was, didn't didn't one of us have a sword of omens from uh, Thundercats at one point? Yes, I did. Yeah. Oh, I awesome. missed that. You know what would go great up on this wall would be sword that <laughs> right there. That would be it. Yeah. All right. And uh, anything else before we wrap up? No. Final no, thoughts. Great. Now we just have to for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, folks, if you haven't had a chance to see it, if uh, we just spoiled the whole thing for you, it's still worth watching. Uh, the, seriously, the actors, the kids are great. The cameos of the you know famous folks playing the gods, that's that's good too. And seriously, Lance Reddick, man, like you can't say enough about, about that guy. Uh, and it's so sad that he's he's no longer with us. Um, but, uh, exciting times ahead for sure. Uh, we got season two coming probably next year. Um, I'm sure they're going to want to jump on it before the kids age out of their roles. Um, so this wraps up our discussion on the first season of Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Uh, don't forget to like subscribe and hit that little bell icon to be notified whenever we post something new. Uh, and until next time, have a great, whatever it is, wherever you are. See ya.